All right. We got a winner. Oh, we got a winner. We got a winner. Racing at Gulfstream. And here we go. It's been another week in racing. It's time to recap it. And who better to do it than Michael New Magic? Two bros slash pros who cover the highs and lows of racing around the globe on every one of the shows. Real fans look forward to these guys and their last thoughts because they know they're not talking out of their royal ascot. What they say makes sense. So ladies and gents, sit back and relax as Blinkers Off presents The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. That's Aaron Halterman. He doesn't play these games. This is the Magic Mike Show, episode 344. Aaron, do you at least want to say the hello? Hello. You're supposed to say huzzah. You always like to say huzzah. No huzzah. Hellos, huzzahs, we're saving all this shit for, uh, listen, Mike's not here, Mike's um, on a flight, actually he should be back home by now, back in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, nice. uh, reports this morning were that he did not remember getting on the airplane from Vegas to Charlotte uh, at, at 6am, um, he kind of woke up in the Charlotte airport confused where he was. Is that the um, truth? Is that, a, is that a true statement? I, I was not texted that, but a verifiable source that we can all trust told me that he was texted that. So Was it this um, guy? <laughs> it may have been that guy who is uh, driving back from Las Vegas. Mm. Uh, Dr. Tang, uh, being a doctor, medical doctor, didn't want to get on an airplane right now. So he's doing the four-hour trip from Vegas back to L.A., which on a Monday, not terrible. I understand that the Hoffmans actually did drive back last night. And uh, driving from Vegas to L.A. on a Sunday... You've got two lanes of traffic, Aaron, and half the damn city all going in the same direction. So it's hell. I don't ever recommend doing it. Doesn't sound good. It doesn't sound good at all. I, you know, you know what? I think Mike deserves it. Uh, he deserves a day off. He deserves to have a little fun. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's amazing. Little. Friday night, he texts me, and I, I, he's like, it, it, it didn't go well today. <laughs> he's like, I'm at zero. It's like, you know what? I don't even feel bad for you. You'll come back. I know you will. We were on the live stream, and he was like, okay, he's, now he's 500. Now he's 300. I think we left, he was 278. And I said, don't give up on him. And mm -hmm. bam, he makes the final day. And then he gets a cap horse at Oakland and makes the final table. He, he stalls out in seventh. I say stalls out very loosely. He's yeah. a huge winner uh, on this weekend. It was a fantastic run. So much fun to follow it. And, you know, for, for what, a day and a half, it was just like, yeah, yeah, he at least he's there. And then it's like, holy shit, he may do something here. Uh, again, surprise to nobody, but uh, yeah, he deserves a day off. It's it, very eerily reminiscent of when he and I were there two years ago. Uh, it's the last trip, last trip I took before COVID uh, was to Vegas for NHC, and it was the same thing. The first day he fired pretty much blade. He didn't do it as poorly as he did this year. This year he spotted the field, everything. He started with nothing on day two. Um, yeah, but he won day two, which I didn't understand. I didn't know this, but the prize for having the most earnings of anybody for day two, whether you qualify for day three or not, is that you get a BCBC berth. So he's already got mm -hmm. his first step to the PCPC. So, um, very excited for the guy. Uh, again, like two years ago, he, he went into Saturday and he's like, I'm going to take some shots at some bombs and see what connects. And Golden Gate 
qualified him for day three both times. I love that it was the last race at Golden Gate, get it home, and it's Mike Samich's special. There's something about Mike and Golden Gate. I don't, I don't know. Well, what was really funny is the there were four, I think, Sam Houston races on the last the table, the final table, right. and, and a couple couple people tweeted, and they said, Sam Houston, it's over. He's got it. But the problem was it wasn't like normal Sam Houston races. They were the stakes races, and they got a little chalky. He was down like 80 or $90 from first with like seven races, the last seven races. Really, really tough. I mean, really tough to come back from that with seven races. And then, you know, chalk came in on a lot of them and that kind of sucked. But again, I, I told him, I told him, you know, going into Sunday, I said, you won. You've won. This is unbelievable. This is like coming, you know, back from, from 40 points down in, in basketball at the half and getting it into overtime, you know? But the problem was, he would get into overtime and he would have to be way behind and then he would, you know, tie it. Now it's double overtime and he's still way behind. It was just, he never could quite get going up to that top spot. But again, it just an incredible run to go from zero to, to the final table. That's unbelievable. Yeah. I was very happy for him. Uh, Jason wants to know if I just woke up. No, this is the, the sad thing is I actually purposely did this. So if you think it looks that bad, it's, Oh, I think it looks right. great. <laughs> I don't listen to him. It looks great. It, it looks better than it usually does. Trust me. If you think yeah. this is bad, uh, you should see me on our work call tomorrow that we have. They got pushed to tomorrow because Mike's still yeah. drunk today. So, um, listen, uh, obviously the best thing that we saw was Mike Samich at NHC and the performance. Aaron encapsulated pretty well. We're going to save all that talk for Thursday. Mike is going to be back. Uh, we might have to do a special just NHC show because I feel like the amount of stuff that he's going to have to talk about. Yeah. So I'll actually talk to Mike about doing that. Uh, be a special one. You guys can ask some questions, anything you want to know about his experience or something. But uh, Aaron and I, we get to talk about Pegasus World Cup, which you and I have talked about several times now, I feel like. Uh, we did the live stream on Saturday, which was a lot of fun. Uh, mm -hmm. Thank you for everybody who joined us. We've got, what, over 2,000 people, over uh, 2,000 views now with that live stream. So uh, that was exciting. Uh, but Aaron, we're going to talk about Pegasus World Cup. Um, I'm not, you don't care about all the hoopla on this show. So no, no, you don't. So we're just going to dot to dot that riders up, blah, blah, blah. Pretend that I did the, uh, the transition. Did you <laughs> okay. see, I literally, as we went live, I pulled up DRF, mm -hmm. Dr. Shivel's going to the golden Shaheen. We were talking about who's going to go to Dubai and go to that sprint. Cause it's wide open. They're going to send Dr. Shivel. That's interesting. I, I think he makes sense there. Uh, I don't really know what happened last time out. I think he just got, it broke bad, got out, ran a little bit, but, uh, that's he interesting. Had a bad temperature. I, I, oh, did he really? Yeah, he was like his temperature was like through the roof the next day. Oh, okay, well, that makes even more sense now. Um, yeah, I, I think he makes a ton of sense. I mean, this horse runner up at the Breeders' Cup uh, Sprint, and gosh, almost got it. I mean, really deserved to win it. So yeah, it makes sense. I, I like that for him. That's a good race for him. As uh, be excited, I'm going to text my text my friend who is his breeder afterwards. But all right, let's look at uh, so Aaron and I were going to do we're going to look at the Pegasus, uh, the late pick four basically, uh, and talk about everything that we saw. Uh, we're going to start with the Pegasus World Cup Philly Mare Turf. This is formerly the Marshewas River Stakes. If I can get it to share here, give me one second. Doesn't want to pop up. Give me one second, Aaron. Uh, talk to you about while I get the video pulled up. I know you can talk about this. Uh, Ricky, thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Uh, Aaron, uh, tell me about the, the Regal Glory, the Pegasus World Cup for the Turf, because in the live stream, if you go back and watch, it's kind of funny. From the start, Aaron and I were like, shit. Well, we had so much on the line, at least I did. I, well, you both, we both played the, the bankroll article, and it's just like, yeah, if this horse loses, we're not done by any means, but we're in trouble. We're in, we're in chase mode, where if she wins, we're, we're in really good shape. We just need to cash 
won one or two more and, and we're totally fine and we don't cash any, we're still in not too bad a shape. So, uh, you know, we talked about it a lot. She's very versatile. She can win from all different kinds of places. I didn't imagine a situation where this horse would be like, what, second or third last, you know, going up the backside. And that's why we were worried. It just, she really needs to be, you know, at worst, third or fourth, in my opinion, to really run her best race. Well, that absolutely was wrong. Um, yeah, she turned for home and, and Magic was screaming and I was just, just like being real calm because I thought, okay, she made a big move, but is she going to flatten a little bit? That's what I was worried about, thankfully. So magic, it was it was easy for her. <laughs> it was one of those moves that uh, you saw the what the horse was doing, and when the horse looks effortless, uh, you and I, I think, we do the same thing. We look straight at the jockey's hands, mm-hmm. and when Jose, and Jose Ortiz, bless him, wears white gloves, you always can see his hands. It's, I love it, and his hands are just sitting there, and he's just kind of like riding on the neck, and that's why I started screaming because I was like, "We got it, we got it!" I knew it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You pointed it out, and, and I I saw it about when you said it, he goes, "Oh, he had moved a muscle on the horse." I thought, okay, if she's rounded the field and she's got up to like third and going that wide and did that that effortlessly, if he just shakes the reins up a couple times, she should have another kick. And think, thankfully she did. Uh, yeah, you see it up on the screen now. This was just, uh, at, at, when this happened, it's yeah. like, oh, God. Yeah, I was cringy. And I don't remember what you said, Magic, but you were like, oh, shit, or something like that, you know? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's exactly what I said. <laughs> she, was, she got pushed back, and I was like, she's second last. I know she doesn't need to be on the lead, but eh, on that turf course, too, if we're in New York, I'm like, it's a Chad Brown horse on the turf. She'll close, but, I, you know, Gulfstream, his horses don't always do that. Yeah, and that was that was a real worry for me, too. It's like, I can see what's going to happen here. She's going to make a move, and then, and like, I was worried about when they hit the top of the stretch flatten out a little bit but you know it was a situation no matter how you handicapped it she just kind of looked better than the rest of them like okay i'm a class handicapper let's say she's classier than the rest of them i'm a speed handicapper well she is just kind of faster than the rest of them i'm a guy that looks on projected trips well she's tactical she got a shitty trip here kind of but she's tactical enough that you don't really think she's going to have a bad trip so she was just a little better than the rest of them, and, and she showed it. I mean, just a blowout win when she got rolling. I froze on this uh, image. If you're listening to the podcast, I'm sorry. I'll try to describe it. But uh, basically, live on the replay or live in the race, uh, a lot of the jockeys had GoPros on them, so TVG would shift, uh, shift to them. So this is Jose Ortiz on Regal Glory, and like down the backside, you get a really good shot of like what he has to try and work through just to even get her clear. So at this point, I was still like, God, no, this is this is not a good spot. And I thought that Sweet Milani, who's sitting there right in front of her, was just going to keep her at bay the whole time. I thought Regal Glory would get second and make a nice move, but I was so afraid Sweet Milani was going to be too quick. And it turns out, uh, I think Sweet Milani is still trying to finish this race. No, but you know, Magic, at the, off the backside, you made a really good point. I thought you were really good uh, during races on the live show, not to brag on you too much, but I thought nice. you were fantastic uh, on that show. <laughs> And you you made a point that was very good. He goes, she, you said right here, she, he said, or he said, the problem is Sweet Melania has the jump on her. And that's the horse that she's going to have trouble getting by. Now, it didn't come to be, but at the time you said it, it kind of felt that way. And, and now you see <laughs> Sweet Melania is nowhere to be found. And right here, it's like, okay, it's, yep. it's just going to be a big time performance by a horse that, you know, this isn't like, an elite horse but but this is a really damn good horse right this she's really really good 
so the the news with her is that after this race she was supposed to go be bred to into mischief and then the way she'd been training and the way she just ran they kind of went uh, we might keep her in training another year so we might get her for a full another season which would be uh pretty awesome if not uh, a, a nice set of three races for her to end her career on she was owned formerly by paul pompa jr when he passed uh peter brant bought her but chad brown always the trainer um so it's, it's nice to see that at the end of her career she's finally getting the the grade yeah. one and big purse attention uh any other horses you want to talk about from there are you ready to move on i mean i think the other like the, the horses like the shifty she you know they ran okay but just not not up to that level and that's what that race was kind of filled with those kinds and then regal glory dropped in there so i think we're it good. was it, it you could tell that this was a it was a grade three race before they changed the name of it so they're not going to yeah. just bump it up to grade one so it was a grade three field, but then you have the name Pegasus and the $500,000 person. That's why Regal Glory's there. So maybe that combination, we're looking at a grade two next year. So I think some people maybe saw Regal Glory and thought, oh, this is a Pegasus race. Regal Glory's okay, but she's not. She's probably not good enough to win like a race like this and maybe didn't look at the field as a whole and go, oh, wait, this is a, like a true grade three field. And this is a grade yeah. one horse in this grade three field. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that, so I didn't use her in the Magic Mike show ticket that I did with Barry Spears, which again, thanks to Barry for being on. That was a, a very highly watched show yeah. too, which was awesome. But um, I didn't, I really thought that she was going to get sick. And when Sweet Melania in that trip was sitting where she was, I thought that's, everything's playing out exactly like I thought it was going to. So uh, mm-hmm. since I also bet the Live Banquet article, which said put a lot of money on Regal Glory, I still made out okay on this one, but uh, it's also <laughs> like I told you. I said there's, you know, that's the reason why you're the guy that built this site from from the ground up, and you're the yours. Your name is on my paychecks, right? Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll go Something that. like that. Let's talk about the Fred Hooper stakes because uh, again, great three race, but uh, some big heavy hitters in here. You got Fearless on the rail, who was the six to five favorite, but he's cutting back a horse that probably better suited for two turns if he wasn't life is good stable mate with Todd Pletcher. Uh, so he's here in this race, Speaker's Corner, the eight horse. It uh, was one that, again, in the guide, was uh, play this horse to win, and it worked out pretty well. Yeah, you know, he was he was close to two to one with a couple minutes to post. Got bet down right as they went to the gate in six to five. And then one of those situations where he actually floated up a little bit and went off at three to two. So that was nice. Uh, this was a really great performance, I thought. Uh, I, I don't think it could be overstated. This was a really sharp effort from a horse that should have a pretty big year ahead of him. Um, this was a situation, another really good call by you. Uh, when they came into the stretch, you go, no, fearless can't get on. This is exactly what I was worried about. One turn. I don't think fearless is going to be able to catch that horse. And he couldn't fearless ran a fantastic race though. I think it sets him up. I think he's a grade three type, you know, I, I don't really think he's like a, a superstar of any kind, but I think speaker's corner is one that might be able to move up and take on grade one company again. So he, uh, last time out, we saw him trying to go two turns at Aqueduct and got beat by Miles D. It was a Chad Brown horse that is, is a curlin, going to be four years old this year, should probably be a major player in the older dirt stakes in New York. Speaker's Corner was right there with him, and I think with more seasoning and time, Speaker's Corner maybe could turn the tables on him. But do you think this is ultimately a horse that's going to be best suited at a one-turn mile, or can he handle two turns pretty well? Well, we've seen him do both pretty well. Um, you know, that, like you said, that last race you mentioned, that wasn't too bad uh, of a race from him. He just got beat by Miles D. Miles D was third in the Travers. You know, Miles D is a pretty nice horse. You know, the one thing I will say, though, I think his absolute best performances have been in one turns. 
And I don't necessarily think six furlongs, the seven furlongs and the one turn miles, that looks pretty darn good for this horse. It kind of hits him right between the eyes. Um, you know, it just kind of depends on what their goals are. I think he can be effective at two turns, but maybe the elite quote status, if he can, if he can get to that level, I'm not saying he's quite there yet. I think he's very good, but if he's going to be a big time winner, maybe it is going to be in those like longer one turn races. So uh, next race is for these horses. Fearless won the Goldstream Park Mile last year. He likely wheel back for that one. That's next month. Uh, Speaker's Corner could go to Dubai. We were talking Golden Shaheen. I also forgot there's the Godolphin Mile, and he's owned by Godolphin. So a one-turn dirt mile. He's got forward speed, which is killer at Dubai. Mm -hmm. uh, you could see him go there. Would you rather see him go there, or do you want to see him stay home and maybe face, uh, maybe face Flightline and life is good? Well... If you put it that way, I think I'd rather go to Dubai. <laughs> um, it would be a good spot for him. I don't think the Dubai World Cup is a good spot for him, but I do think that race would be good. Uh, I said on the live stream, I, if I was them, and again, I, I wasn't thinking about who owned him. I was thinking if I had him, which is a, not the case. So it does, this doesn't <laughs> right. even really matter. But I, I would say, okay, the Met Mile is in June. Let's just work backwards from that to get him to where he's really revving to go for that race. But, you know, with, with them owning him, they've probably got other plans in mind. And far <laughs> be it for me to question that. They, they've had a little bit more success uh, with horses than I have. So um, we'll see what happens. If he stays in America, the Met Mile seems to be the play. But, you know, who could blame him if they go over there for the money in Dubai? It'd be interesting to see what happens. Bill Mott has shipped overseas before, so uh, not afraid to do it again. Tacitus was a, uh, he sent over with Riley Mott, so I'm sure if the if they want to go, uh, Godolphin being they, I'm sure Riley's going to go with him. Yeah. Uh, let's talk Pegasus World Cup here. Uh, sorry, World Cup turf. Uh, Colonel Liam defense. Colonel Liam heard all this shit everybody talked about him, and he said, "Okay, I'll do a career best 102 buyer off of this layoff. Everybody thinks I don't got this. Watch this. <laughs> Big old middle finger. Uh, his stable mate never surprised, set the pace, almost held on, uh, and, and he also pops a career best 100 buyer there. Uh, what did you think about this race and, and Colonel Liam off the bench? You know, I still think he was beatable here. I don't think he ran a top effort. I think he ran very well. I don't want to take anything away from the source. I thought, he, I thought he was solid, really solid. I don't think he ran quite as well as he did last year in this race. I think it was there for the taking for somebody if they jumped up and ran a pretty good race that they could have beat him on this day. I just don't think this field was good enough. You know, a tone was right there. A lot of people liked him. We kind of liked him a little bit. Does he really have an excuse? I don't think so. He was right there with a chance. Space Traveler, you know, it, it was not a good trip probably could have won that race with a better trip still not as good as colonel liam i don't think but could have maybe caught him on that day with the perfect trip uh chris Miles says jamie spencer's as useful as a poopy flavored lollipop that's one of my favorite quotes from that whole movie i, I don't i feel like that's an underrated quote from from dodgeball that uh, yeah it is really good I'll, I'll first of all give you credit for that secondly <laughs> it stung because you did get the feeling that turn of foot could have won, right? Mm -hmm. It it would have had to been a pretty good trip. I don't think he could have gotten hardly any trouble and 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 won. But if he would have gave him a flawless ride, I think he would have won. And it really kills you because that's the race you just were dying. You had to beat a favorite if you're playing multis, like a lot of us were. Once he won, it's like, well, this is done. Like that's that's over. So space traveler, we definitely needed him. 
and he just he just couldn't get the job done. Um, you, you know, and, and on this comment, he broke well and strangled. Yeah, he needed to be in a better position. I'm not arguing that at all. The biggest thing is, though, he just needed to get him out in the open for the stretch. I still think he would have won. And yeah. again, not arguing. I would have loved to have seen him in pack instead of second to last. I still think he would have won the damn race if he just would have gave him a, you know, a, 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 a lane. Of, he was weaving in and out of traffic. He got stuck. He, do- he dove to the inside. I mean, to me, that was the thing that really put it over the top. But, you know, I mean... What are you going to do? Uh, credit to Colonel Liam. He was paddled, was a little more tactical and was able to kind of just get position and get first run. Never surprised, ran a good race. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think I think you could take that horse serious going forward. But, yeah, frustrating. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Cre- Colonel Liam ran a very good race. The um, <clears throat> never surprised it was his first time facing older horses, too, and I thought it, that especially he took a nice step forward. So he's someone – um, especially with the Gulfstream Park turf, the way it plays, if he gets a lone speed, especially goes back to New York, uh, plenty of ways you can use that horse and maybe single him. Um, it'll be a shorter price in, in a couple areas. Atone, I thought, ran very well. Space Traveler, you touched on. Uh, yeah, it was frustrating because it felt like this was the shot to beat him. Colonel Liam has proven that unless your name is domestic spending, you really can't stop him. So uh, I think as long as he doesn't keep facing domestic spending, who still, I believe, is at the farm right now. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird with with domestic spinning. Where, where where did he go? And and what's the plan? You know, this this would have been a great race for him, but obviously, he's he's not ready. I mean, that's the only thing I could guess. Whatever happened at the Breeders' Cup still bothering him. Yeah, he's still yeah. no recorded works, but um, maybe they're just they're going to prep him for New York, and now they don't have to worry about trying to win at Arlington. So yeah, that's true. You know, one more point on Never Surprised. Yeah. Uh, since Christopher brought that up let's not forget he had to break from the 12 and he had to be rushed out of there and that horse didn't lose by very much so if he had a decent post and didn't have to be rushed quite as hard to get that lead you never know i mean they did a great job getting him to lead they saved the ground they did they did the only thing they could do i'm not i'm not uh being critical of the ride that's perfect but you know just circumstance tough tough draw he may have won that thing with a better draw well, uh, one race that we thought the draw may have changed to one and, and definitely didn't affect it. The Pegasus World Cup. Uh, talk about a race that was so exciting going into it. And then from the break, it was about five seconds in there and this race was kind of over. Uh, we were excited. We had Life is Good, the, the wagering guide, Life Bankroll. Everything said play Life is Good to win. You Stiletto Boy and the Exotics. Great call from you. You called that from the uh, reaction video when we looked at the draw. So uh, congrats. But talk me through uh, Life is Good in the Pegasus World Cup. I mean, this was like going into a Super Bowl or going into a championship game and the two teams look really equal and then one team doesn't show up and it's a blowout, right? Uh, I- I'm thrilled for us that we bet life is good and we pick life is good we and we won. I, I hate it for the fanboy I am of Nick's go because he just didn't ever give it, you know, get a chance. Uh, they, they weren't aggressive with, aggressive with him out of the gate. They were of life is good. He gets, I mean, I thought life is good might lead by a length at the most. He's like eight in front. I mean, you could just never dream this scenario. I, I just, I was in shock watching this. I was just like, I can't believe I'm going to see this horse win by eight, nine lengths. And it's because he never was challenged on the front end. Like, I thought there was a scenario he could blow out the field if Nick's go quit. But Nick's go didn't quit. He credited him. 
for getting second in this race. Yeah. It's just unexplainable. And you might even think, well, you know, maybe life is good was just too fast. Well, look at Nick's go in relation to the rest of the field and think of the, where he's been in the relation of the rest of the field in all of his races this year and look at him here. Like endorsed is next to him, for God's sakes. Like he's 15 links ahead of endorsed in all these other races he was at. You know, whether it be the if endorsed was at the Breeders' Cup, if endorsed was at the Whitney, the Lucas Cup, where, wherever. He's welcome. I mean, he just didn't he didn't kick clear of the rest of them. It was it was so weird. Yeah, it was it was odd. And, and I'm looking at I paused it on this shot. If, if you're listening to the podcast going into the top of the or sorry, the top of the far turn. And there's what a good four five, eight, ten. I'm not good. There's a shit ton of links between him between life is good and the rest of the field. And if I told you, Aaron, that go, that in this race guaranteed the Pegasus World Cup hitting the top of the far turn, one horse has a six length lead. We'll call that on the rest of the field. Which favorite do you think it is? Are you picking life is good? Yeah, I would have. You would because have, I, okay. Yeah, because I just, I wouldn't have thought that, <laughs> well, <laughs> it's easy. It's easier to say now, I guess. Yeah, I think yeah. I would have because I, I thought he was capable of running faster than Nick's go, but I, I didn't know if he would, you know? And honestly, when he flew out there, before the fractions came up, I thought in my head he might be running like 21 this opening quarter. And when I saw it was a 23 and 46 half and he's eight in yep. front i thought what world are we living <laughs> in right now so no I, I i still would have guessed life is good would have been the one with that huge lead but i would have given you like 200 to one that he would have fit you know what i mean like if i had to pick uh -huh. one it would be him but no way could i envision that happen no at what point let me ask you this uh at what point realistically did you feel that we had won this race. Because it's, you know, sometimes people will say, oh, like, you know, at the quarter pull, and I had it. Some people are superstitious, and it's literally like you got to cross the wire. So, you personally, when you watch this race, when did you know we had it won? On the turn, the first turn. <laughs> I did, because, listen, you Here, can't I'll play at the horse... beginning, and you tell, me, you tell me when to stop, and I'll, I'll tell I'll you know when, when to pause it. Yeah. I was right here. I thought, okay, he's going to win. But that's not that's not when I was like real confident. For me, it was when he got Stiletto Boy right there. When I saw that, and he's got Stiletto Boy easily clear, I was like, "We, we got it. There's no way." <laughs> Probably keep it going right here. Okay, so about the same because yeah. the other factor here it was well Stiletto Boy is in second, <laughs> like, and, and like you know, like, <laughs> Nick's goes not even in second at this point. Now again, I'll give Nick's go credit he didn't get it all the kind of trip he wanted. And he still got second in this race. It could be because these other horses aren't very good. <laughs> like he beat Stiletto boy from here to California the last time they faced. And now he beat him by what, like a half or whatever it was. So not to trash Stiletto boy. Cause I think he's fun, especially uh, I'm excited to see what he's going to do is for him in California, but it's kind of like higher power where higher power wins the Pacific classic. And then, Oh man, he got third in the awesome again. And he's, he's looking pretty good. He goes or second in that and third in the breeders cup. And, and then he did shit afterwards. And it's like, well, maybe everybody else just sucked and higher power was the best of the horses that sucked. So yeah, not to, again, I mean, not to trash Stiletto boy, but I, I think we know what he is. Uh, we said it, at least I said it on the when we did the, the the reaction. Yeah, he's not great, but he's proven that he can be in a race of this caliber and not be embarrassing. And that's what he is. Now, can he go win? 
you know, grade two, grade three out in California, maybe, you know, but I think he's not, he's not ever going to beat like a great horse. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the whole race, it's just like, am I, this is a dream. Like this was not supposed to be this easy. Like I was supposed to be nervous the whole way around. I, and Michael said uh, on the turn, he said, he turned his wife said, it's over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like, this is, this is the easiest bet I've ever cashed. And, and that's Nick's go that he's beating, you know, it's, it's, it was unreal. Uh, it was uh, like Nick's a dream. That we said. thought that we thought was probably the second easiest cash that we had the whole Breeders' Cup weekend. But yeah, exactly. Is, I, Rad's gonna just, I love that he just looks, he goes, nope, okay, I'm just going to start petting him. We're at the 16th pole. Pet, yeah, pet, pet, like, pet, pet. Yeah, I like that too. I like that too. And listen, if I would have bet Nick's go, I can't even imagine what the live stream would have been. I would have been so mad. Because I get like how it broke and how it unfolded. It's like, uh-oh. But wouldn't you thought at the backside – Maybe, maybe, just maybe, I should try to get a little closer to him. <laughs> or no, just let him do it. You know, just let him. Me, well, okay. So counterpoint, maybe there what there isn't that gear on Nick's go because we we talked about how he's like a machine. You put him on the front end and he just goes and goes and goes and goes. Maybe he doesn't have that shit. Someone passed me. I need to go. He just is in that mindset, right? Nobody's ever challenged him like this before. And it's like Chris said, what should the uh, the Breeders' Cup horses that ran scared from contesting Nick's Go's pace be thinking? Well, exactly. <laughs> you uh, know, they, they trained. Hot, Hot Rod Charlie was a horse that I don't think he could have went and got him without being ridden along, but he had, abil- he had the ability to get up there. Hell, they trained him for a month behind a wall of horses just trying to get him to sit off because they were so scared. And yeah, now they're gonna be thinking, oh, okay. And you might be right. Nick's go is just a cruising speed. I'm gonna run this one speed around the track. It just happens to be really, really fast. But right. he doesn't have that push, and you know, now now I can go grab the source. And you know what? And that's what life is good has. I think you know if he's sitting, if you watch it, you know, if you're watching the screen or you listen to the podcast, if he if he's sitting like three quarters lengths off Nick's, and they say, hey, go get him, I think he could do it. Uh, last thing I want to bring up, and I, I said it right on the live stream that uh, that Jose <laughs> cut the Jose cut off Nick's go. Yep. I also I kept trying to clarify afterwards. I didn't think that he was purposely trying to set it up for Irad. I thought it was the right move for Jose. You want to try and win? You've got two four to five favorites, and you've got a chance to take one out early, or at least put him off his game. I thought it was the right move. I thought it was good ridesmanship to give Stiletto Boy the best chance. Did you have any issue objectively with what Ortiz did? I can see why people are saying what they're saying because it's Mm -hmm. always speculation if you looked at the past performances if you looked at their early speed figures it it did make sense to ride him hard out of the gate and get position and i think he would have been shocked if he would have said or you would have told him hey you're going to ride hard out out of the gate and you're going to get ahead of nick's go on the first turn he probably would have said no i'm not i think he was just trying to get it we talked about stiletto boy needs to run a race and that's it doesn't even think about the top two get in third lead the rest of that group and try to take that group gate to wire. And if one of those horses happens to fall back or both, you can win or get second, but don't do anything dumb. And I I think that's kind of what he did, you know, and it would be one thing if they were just flying out of there as fast as you could. And and life is good ran a 21. And it's like, well, still I shouldn't be that close to him and running that fast. It's not like he was going that fast. He was just in a leisurely kind of kind of pace there. And just so happened that, he cut off Nick's go, but that's more on Nick's go or Joel, whoever you want to blame it on. Beat him to the turn. I mean, that's your fault. Yeah. You've got the you've got the faster horse. So 
don't give me that. Oh, he, he did that on purpose stuff. He may have, but that's still your fault. You know, you're drawn inside of him too. You have no excuse. I mean, it's, it's Jose's job to go out there and try and win the race. And it's your job to try and stop him. So kind of how I look at that. Yeah. All right, uh, Aaron, that's enough for Pegasus. Uh, uh, oh, one more thing. I'll just add to that. The top four horses early were Life is Good, Nick's Ghost, Little Boy, Endorsed. That's how they went across. So it's not even like anybody was going to you know gang up on them. Uh, well, let's move hard to, hard to close into a slow pace, which is what <laughs> we ended up getting. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about uh, not a slow early pace. The San Vicente stakes over at Santa Anita. A Forbidden Kingdom taking on three Bafferts wearing all the same goddamn silks and everything. They don't even try to hide that they're all on the same team. Uh, <laughs> seven to two, and I told you going into this race, I, look, I love the two to five favorite doppelganger, the four horse, but I wasn't scared of the other Bafferts. I was scared of Forbidden Kingdom. He was working up a storm. He ran lights out early, and he was strong. So talk to me about the San Vicente. Well, everybody thinks that Baffert horses, you know, they gang up. One's a blocker, one's a this, one's a that. There's one way to get a, get away from that magic. That's just get out in front of all of them. <laughs> It'd be faster than, than them, and they can't touch you. And that's what Forbidden Kingdom did. I thought this was awesome. Uh, I, I thought this was the best performance by a three-year-old uh, of the weekend, uh, at least if it was a male. I, I just thought this was a fantastic effort uh, from Forbidden Kingdom. Can he stretch out? I, I'm not real sure, uh, but... This horse was just really, really strong. And really, these Baffert horses, Magic, they weren't bad in this race. All the speed figures came back pretty good. They finished up pretty decent. It was just a situation. They chased Forbidden Kingdom the whole race. They had nothing to go get him when they got into the stretch. That This, this horse needed to come back to him, and he didn't. Um, let me hypothesize this, and it's purely hypothetical, but because uh, I agree with your points. This is seven furlongs, one turn. I would say all those top four finishers, they're going to move forward because you got a 94 buyer for uh, for Forbidden Kingdom, and then the Baffert's got 90s and 89s. Newgrange got an 89 for winning the Southwest, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, but if this race is at two turns, do we get the same result? Does Forbidden Kingdom, is that staying power because he didn't get pushed, can he go all the way around? Well, and they, they just showed the gallop out on the replay you're talking about. The two horses that galloped out the best, McLaren Vale and Doppelganger. Look how they gallop out. They gallop out well ahead of the winner. Pinehurst did not gallop out very well, so take that for what, what you want. But, yeah, they're going to be a much tougher going longer because their pedigrees and kind of their running style suggest that they're going to be a little bit better going longer. Well, Forbidden Kingdom, the pedigree is very sketchy. I love speed going two turns. So I think he's got that on his side. That pedigree, I don't know if he really wants to go two turns or not. So I think they could turn the tables. I don't think they're quite as talented as him, but I think as the distances get longer, they're going to have a shot at it. Um, especially Doppelgan. I just felt like he chased the whole way. He's not a horse that's real precocious. He doesn't really want to get up there towards the front. He's, But he doesn't want to be last. Like I think mid-pack going two turns is where he'll eventually kind of uh, end up. So I had envisioned, and probably Baffert too, that the if if Doppelganger won this, the Rebel would be his next move. And I think I agree with you on if your comments on his running style. He needs to get away from California in these five horse fields that Chris was joking about. You put him in a spot like the Southwest, for example, and and I don't know if he necessarily beats Newgrange with that big field, but you give him a lot of pace and a lot of horses around. He's very competitive. You talked about the gallop out. He was still pretty far behind in the stretch. And then you see how they're going to cross the wire. Pretty much all the noses 
coming across like that. So um, I, I love I, I still like him moving forward, uh, Doppelganger, especially the best of those three Bafferts. But I'm also biased, so I kind of need your take on this too. Well, I feel like if the race was seven and a half furlongs, which we don't run that, but if it was, he probably would have got second. He still wouldn't have won. But it's just like he was just kind of getting going. I think that's a real good prep for him. I don't I don't necessarily think this horse is like a monster or a beast or I think he's good enough though. And you know, you talked about Newgrange. We'll talk about him in a second, I'm sure. I don't think he's going back to Oakland after how that he ran over that track. He was not good over that track. You know, I know he won, but he hated it. So so Doppelganger would make a lot of sense to ship. Uh, congratulations to Spencer Farm, the Mandela's uh, My Race Horse. If you guys want more insight uh, on, on Forbidden Kingdom's effort here and for his pedigree analysis, Aaron and I recorded a video that'll be up on our YouTube channel at 1 p.m. Pacific. It's going to be uh, debuting, so you can go over and check that out at youtube.com slash racing dudes. Aaron, let's go over to Oakland and talk about the Southwest. We've talked about it enough. Uh, this race, but usually Bob Baffert ships and he wins, and he did it here Boy, this was a rough one, and we joked how many times that Newgrange rebroke and still won. But was that because of he was rebreaking, and it's the the quote unquote Baffert juice, or did he just beat a really bad field? Yeah, I know everybody wants us to say, you know, he was juiced and all that. I I kind of feel bad for saying it on the live stream because when you really when you watch, I don't feel that bad, but when you watch this race back it's sorry magic but if you watch this race back it feels a lot like and looks a lot like he just hated life out there <laughs> he really did. now he was able to win with the track that he hated so maybe that where you could make that case he hated this track this field sucked he just kind of finally started to find his footing on the uh, on the, in the stretch and just kind of passed him that's the best way i could say it like and this is this was not a good effort, but if you think he's on the up and up, it was kind of a, well, at least he won it. You know, he showed a little something. He, he showed a little competitive competitiveness down the stretch of saying, well, I, I hate what I'm running over, but I'm still going to go win type stuff. The biggest thing though, is there's some horses that got some perfect trips here and couldn't finish the job. And it's because they're just not very good. Is there anyone that you want out of this field, and in particular, maybe somebody who had a bad trip or someone? I know Ben Diesel coming into this race was someone you were really keen on playing because he got a much better draw. I mean, it worked out, too. He got a perfect trip. He got the trip we wanted. He rounded the, the corner, and I was like, watching. oh, my God. What's that? He's the one horse, if, if everybody's watching. Yeah, he, he rounded the corner, and I'm like, he's going to win. We got this. And then he just stopped. And there's no reason for him to stop. He saved all the ground. The only horse I want out of it is Newgrange, and I don't think he's like great, but I don't think he's bad either. And I think if he gets back to Santa Anita, track that he likes, I think he'll run a lot better. Uh, the rest of these horses, you know, put them in claimers. Honestly, like I'm totally, I'm just done with them. I knew Dash Attack would suck in this race. I knew he yes. was kind of phony. Um, and the other ones just, they're not very good. Like, look at these horses closing behind him. They're like, they look like they're running in, in knots. They look awful. Um, and it's not, they're not like they went two miles. It was a mile 16th race. You want these horses coming back, like going further? I don't think so. Um, I will say, you know, if dash attack shows up somewhere that's muddy, especially if it's Oaklawn, I'll take dash attack then. That's the only time I'll take dash attack. Yeah, so that's I'm, fair. I'll, I'll 
Yeah, that's fair. And if he had that kind of kick, he probably would have at least got second in this race. So it it's obvious the mud really moves that horse up. But it makes sense with his pedigree. Uh, let's talk about a, a filly. Let's go to the Martha Washington because uh, to close things out. Uh, this is a filly, Secret Oath, who you were very high on when she's going into her allowance race that she won that prepped her for this. And she goes off at one to two when she wasn't even the, the morning line favorite. Uh, but talk to me about Secret Oath and the Martha Washington and where is she going forward? Yeah, I love this horse. There's no doubt about it. I, I you know, I, I'm very excited. Absent-minded, the dam of this horse is is you know a horse at Oakland uh, that really kind of drove my passion for racing. He, she ran almost every time you would go. She'd be running. She'd be in the stakes races there. She 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 won a lot of them at Oakland. She never could beat like the real good horses who would come in. But she was honest, and so same uh, same owners, uh, you know, uh, that that had absent-minded have Secret Oath. I was very excited. Really good allowance race, two back. Great workout in between. And uh, just, I really was impressed that this horse was ridden along like the best horse and was 20 lengths the best. I mean, just kept her to the outside, stalked the pace. I, I remember we were talking, we were like, yeah, she doesn't look just fantastic at this point in the race for a one to two shot. And then, you know, Luis just kind of asked once slightly and the race was over. I don't care who you're facing when you round the turn and it's over you, you have a lot of talent. And by the way, that's a multiple stakes winner out there in front and optionality uh, for Steve Asmussen and, and secret. Oath just, just zoomed right by him. This is a serious horse. We'll see. I'm skeptical. They keep this horse on the Oaks trail. We could see this horse on the Derby trail. Maybe. I would love to see, uh, you were talking about secret oath on our, we, we did a full analysis. So if you want more of that, just kind of like we did for, uh, for Forbidden Kingdom, we'll have that up at the YouTube channel too. Talking about Secret Oath, um, you talked about in that one, Aaron. Maybe they go Arkansas Derby. I'm. What if they go Rebel? Because with the Rebel, it's a fifty pointer. They can try her out, and if she's good enough, you know, to, to earn enough points, they keep trying. But then if she's not, then you can fall back on another Oaks prep that maybe even if you get second or third, you still have enough points to make it. But either way, you think Lucas is going to pick either the Rebel or the Arkansas Derby? And again, I have no inside knowledge of this, and I could be completely wrong. But yeah, I think you'll go one or the other for sure. I think you'll see, like you said, you laid it out. One, Ray and Michael, I think you did on the live stream too. One Oaks prep, one Derby prep. That's my guess. The, the Rebel would make a ton of sense, in my opinion, because like, of what you just laid out. If she ra runs well and she wins, well, then you can just give her an easy Derby prep in the fantasy. Okay, if she runs poor, it's like, well, scrap that. We'll go to the fantasy anyway. You know, where if you go in the honeybee, which is the next one, then say you go to the Arkansas Derby and she she gets beat and it's bad. Now you've got a bad taste in your mouth going into the Oaks. And I wouldn't want that because that's still realistically is probably, you know, that's the goal, right? I mean, that's where mm -hmm. she fits probably the best. But um, I wouldn't want that poor effort then going into the Kentucky Oaks, so. Well, it's certainly exciting whenever the coach, D. Wayne Lucas, has got somebody for us to be excited about. I remember when Bravazzo a few years ago on the Derby Trail was running, and, and he even, I, I would say she's much more, higher ceiling than Bravazzo, but Bravazzo was fun because poor horse ran every other week for about a year and a half straight. <laughs> <laughs> she seems to have more talent. Bravazzo was just, like, tough. He was, like, getting yeah. out in front, and, and he he'll, he'll, he's hard to pass. Like, he'll keep trying. This horse is, like, push button. And that's that's the scary thing about horses like this. Anytime you got a horse and it'll they'll sit in fourth for you and then take the lead when you ask them to do it, 
that's dangerous and that's that's you know that's when you get a horse that's tough to beat well uh thank you everybody for joining us i think i'm just gonna wrap things up here unless you got any other final thoughts there oh wait we uh final thoughts on this one we can plug the show that you're doing later but any other horse racing thoughts um yeah you know what let's talk about this horse real quick emmanuel who won a sunday allowance at tampa bay downs um it wasn't that great of a race, but I, I'm with Michael. He asked me this morning on Twitter, and I, I said, I've got Emmanuel number three after that race. I, I thought it was really impressive. So what happened? He took the lead at Tampa. They turned the corner, and this horse named Glider, uh, who, was a de- who was a decent horse, won uh, last time out uh, for Mark Cassie uh, in a maiden special weight. Glider mm-hmm. comes up to his inside, and for a split second, you're like, hmm, this is going to be a battle. They just did like that on Emmanuel, just one little push. And he just took off from Glider, just said no thanks, and ran away. Keep Emmanuel, keep your eyes on him. This this is a horse that's going to be in a stakes uh, next time out. Um, and don't forget, Always Dreaming went to Tampa in an allowance race before then going and winning the Florida Derby and winning the Kentucky Derby. So don't think because that horse went to Tampa that he's not any good. Uh, Fletcher uses uh, that for preps a lot. Excuse me. Kind of funny how he does that. Um, actually, if you want some more Emmanuel information, you want to talk more Emmanuel. Uh, guess who did a full in-depth preview on Emmanuel? Aaron Halterman did. Uh, we did it over at RacingDudes.com. Uh, so make sure you check that. I'll screen share that here. God damn, light keeps falling off. I'm done. Show's almost over. It doesn't matter anymore. Uh, let's take a look here. Rough day. Rough day. Listen, it's okay. Just rough, rough day for lighting. Even when Aaron and I were recording earlier, the light kept falling off. So. Well, the sun uh, is like blaring on me, so I, I understand magic. It's we're all like, over the place here. It's trying just, to, uh, yeah, very all over the place. Hey, listen. Uh, later today in the three hours, so at uh, four p.m. Pacific time, seven Eastern. Uh, Dudes who bet sports will be on, and Aaron Haltman and Papa Dude are going to be covering uh, everything that happened this weekend in the NFL. I, was it very exciting? Did much happen? I was too focused on Mike Samich. Well, yeah, um, we may have a guest. And he may be the rant of the week. I, I have not confirmed, but uh, uh, we may have a guest that is a Chiefs fan that also works here at Racing Dudes. So uh, he wants to be on. He's not sure he will be able to. So, so keep an eye on that. Uh, it might be the best Dudes Who Bet Sport rant ever, and we have some good ones. Um, so we could have a guest. But anyway, even if we don't, we are going to talk about the two NFL games. Oh, and uh, Papa Dudes. Race wants to talk about the Pegasus as well, so um, I think okay. we'll talk a little Pegasus there as well. Get his thoughts on the race. Uh, so the screen sharing here. This is Aaron and I talking about Emmanuel from uh, after he uh, broke his maiden very impressively. That was the same weekend we had Emmanuel, we had Doppelganger, and Dean's List, who hasn't. I don't. Dean's List has either not returned or just hasn't done shit since he returned. Has he been? No, back Dean's yet? List returned and won. He did. What did yeah. he win? Uh, he won an allowance race. I'm pretty sure he, two or three weeks ago he won. Oh. Um, and uh, the other one we did for Fletcher, American Icon, remember yes. him? He's entered Friday in an allowance race, the feature race at Gulfstream. So, is, is that the one that American Works is also in? Or Ironworks? Uh, in? There's three Fletchers, I think, in that one. Uh, Ironworks is another My Race horse that they're very excited about. He won his debut. Yes, yes. So they're both in there. Let me let me read off that field for you real quick. Hold on. But yeah, Dean's List did come back to win. He faced, um, and I can't remember who he beat. It was a really good race. He won by like that much. I had him singled, and it was a fifth race, the last race of pick five. Had him singled. We were alive. 
Some bitch looked like he's gonna get beat, and he, he like re rallied and won. Is fantastic. Um, I don't think he's a two turn type though. After that, okay. Uh, this race is a really good race. The the Friday Gulfstream race, um, like I said, had American Icon, very impressive on debut. Also has uh, Iron Works, another horse, very impressive on debut for Pletcher. And Safi Joseph, no, that's not the one I'm thinking of. There's one other one in here that was good. I can't remember. Um, hmm. Graphic detail uh, for, for Bill Mott, coming out of the Mucho Macho Man and now going back mm-hmm. to Allowance after a nice maiden win. That was one I was uh, kind of excited to see as well. So there's some good ones in this. One mile, one turn mile at, at Gulfstream. Allowance, race nine on Friday. That's going to be exciting. And, and overall, Aaron texted me that we might have as many as 16 fantasy horses from the Racing Dudes Triple Crown League that's racing this weekend. So uh, make sure you go to racingdudes.com. And even if you don't give a shit about our actual fantasy, the points and everything, it's still a really great thing to go back and check regularly because you have, you know, you got 10 different teams made up of guys who are all over the country covering this stuff or, or paying attention very closely. And so you might see somebody on John White's roster and go, well, I don't know who that horse is, but add it to your roster because the horse is probably going to be pretty damn good. So it's a useful tool for anybody who wants to follow the Derby trail. Yeah. It's 50 horses because each team has five, 10 teams, 50 horses. And then they're updated every day on, on what they're doing or not every day, every week on what yeah. they're doing. So um, yeah, I, I, you know, if you don't care who's winning or losing, well, that's not what the article is really for. <laughs> it's a massive update on the Derby horses. So yeah, check it out. Also, check out uh, racingdudes.com, free picks, uh, every race, every track around the country, racingdudes.com slash sports. Uh, There's going to be a lot of fun stuff over there. Uh, what are you guys going to do that the NFL's done? Uh, we got two what, We got two weeks, so you got the build-up for that. But then after that, what do you do? I think we're just going to tell stories back and forth for a few months until football starts. <laughs> so we're going to tell, do you believe in ghosts and stuff like that? The, the questions that we usually ask at the end of the show. We're going to just do it the whole show. That was a good one. I'll have to come up with a few more, though. You're going you're gonna to burn through those ones pretty quick. So uh, make yeah. sure you tune in in three hours from now, or if you miss it, you can download it anywhere you get podcasts, Dudes Who Bet Sports. Uh, make sure you go to youtube.com slash racing dudes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. There's a little notification bell. If you hit that, it'll alert you every time we go live or we post a video. We've got a lot of stuff that's coming out. Uh, the YouTube channel is growing. It's growing faster than I think we even anticipated which means we're going to put more stuff out there. So yep. we'll be uh, putting content out there. And, of course, uh, March Madness. I'm sorry. It's still January. That's why my brain forgot yeah. about that. No, Papa News is, is big-time basketball. He's covering the NBA and, and NCAA basketball. Pretty hardcore. So, yeah, that'll be a big part of it. Hockey, we'll do a little hockey as well. Obviously, everybody here at the Racing Dudes loves hockey. Well, maybe not Jared, but the rest of us. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll that'll be Jared. a part. We'll get Jared to do it. Uh, Thank you, everybody, so much for following us again. They'll be live in about three hours. I'll be back later this week, Thursday for sure, with Mike for the Magic Mike Show. We'll see if we can fit in a special NAC show. So uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm at Curtis Kellerward. Mike is at Somobomb18, number one, number eight. Aaron is at Racing underscore Dudes. Uh, We'll see you guys next time. Thanks so much for joining us. And, uh, yeah. Oh, watch AEW. It's really good shit. Really good shit. The Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. Death, taxes, and Magic Mike on Monday.